Thank you for listening to Recyclables. I really appreciate it. If you want to support the program, the best way to do that is to like, subscribe, and share. Uh, the next best way is to make a donation either through the Acast app or at our Patreon, which is just patreon forward slash recyclables.com. Until next time, thank you. Hey, thank you for tuning in to another wonderful episode of Recyclables. We're doing a crossover with everything and nothing. Uh, I want to apologize up front for the audio. We had the air conditioner going because it's like a million degrees. And because of that, the audio is going to be a bit warped. Uh, I still think it was a pretty fun episode, and I hope you guys enjoy. And gals, and, and thous. I hope all the these and theys enjoy this. All right. Round two. So just to preface, I gave Chris some of the gummies from my work, so he's gonna get real fucked up. This gonna be fun. <laughs> no, I gave oh. him probably about thirty-five milligrams top of THC, and you smoke a good amount, so I think you will be fine. Yeah, I definitely burned through like three bowls just in the half hour I was playing Elden Ring before I left. And came exactly. Here. So, so yeah, I think you'll be fine. So I think you can also smoke the joint. <laughs> Yeah, I want Chris to do it because he's a pro. You know, canoeing is never really our problem, let's be honest. Oh, man. I used I think it's just always the way it's rolled. When I was a kid, I would get to go to church camp, and that was like one of my favorite things just to go out boating. Talk about that canoeing. Oh, oh, okay. Talk about real canoeing. <laughs> I got all excited. I was like, oh I used to do it as a kid. I haven't done it in forever. How I rich white person are you? I wasn't. Well, I wasn't. The church had scholarships, and we were like literally the only oh, kids in churches. the school. Yeah, yeah and They're so rich. and Methodist church, and like Methodist church, pretty unmolesty. I don't remember any of that. And like but they're at also least to you. yeah. <laughs> I was a pretty I was a pretty homely kid, but uh, well done, Pat. Yeah, but I the other thing was like there was a lot of like hippie people there so like i would have conversations with counselors about like buddha and stuff and like as a kid i got real interested in shinto because we like studied it for like just a minute in class and then i was like wow this sounds like an amazing uh uh, idea i'm on board and oh my god when i heard what Taoism was when i was in middle school it blew my fucking mind (laughs) wait which one's Taoism? Taoism. it I can't say for certain, but it's just a lot about like just trying to find balance and like realizing that just because something seems bad doesn't necessarily mean like you know the story of like dude falls off his horse so he can't be uh, so he injures himself, but that means he doesn't have to go to war. Well, because he didn't have to go to war, this bad things happens. But then, because this bad things happen, something good happens. It is. I think it's a Taoist proverb, but it might also be. They might. Of, they might be the ones that have the like. One of my favorite things is like a man gets chased by a tiger. Uh, to the edge of a cliff, falls off the cliff, and is hanging by a strawberry vine. What does the man do? And, like, the answer is supposed to be <coughs> eat the strawberries. Because, like, I mean, you got a tiger above, cliff below, might as well eat the strawberries. And, like, I've always, that's always kind of stuck with me a little bit of, like, all right, cool. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to take that to fatalist extremes. I'm not going to jump off cliffs through strawberries. But, like, if I'm dangling from a cliff and there's a strawberry, it kind of sounds like the, the, the icing on the shit cake of having a job. It's like you find the thing yeah. in between yeah. the employer and the customer that makes it still oh, tolerable. That's tasty. Like, yeah, that tastes really Juicy nice. joints. Highly recommend. Uh, really, really oh, five bucks? oh, yeah, and I brought in an ashtray this, and everything. This is yeah. a $9 one because it's a super. Oh, yeah. It's got. Uh, I'll read the containers. Are they sponsors? <laughs> So I oh, wish. Juicy yeah. Ju- we buy a lot of yeah. juicy joints. Crumble and distillate and keef. Oh, it's got everything. Tiger's blood. Super is by juicy joints. That's stupid. I know we were talking about earlier, but it's wild that like the the, the the way the weed industry functions because it's like people discovering businesses and like middle class people wanting to open their own kind of business, thinking they're being progressive. And it's also criminal enterprises being like, well, we're going to go legit now that it's legit. And so you get these wild kind of... Want to hear a fun loophole that gets created because of that kind of shit? So you can only buy an ounce of weed per person. Sort of. (laughs) That is technically the rule. You can only buy, as far as like your flower purchase, an ounce. 
But you could also then continue to buy joints. You can buy joints, you can buy edibles. But only if the joints are infused. Oh, because it has to have, like, uh, the extract. Yeah. Because then that's what you're selling. Extract, edible, topical. I think it's broken up into those four. It might be something else. Um... No, I think the thing that was the wildest about my job so far, I was like, yes. And there's still people Um, in prison for it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's the wildest thing about the cannabis industry at this point, is that there's still all these people in prison for things that are completely legal now. Cops tried to break my family up for like 15 years over this shit. I think it's also like, I think that's also why we're seeing all of this extra escalation of like trans kids don't need to exist and women don't need to have rights and everybody should have a gun so that the pores can just shoot each other up. Like it's because I think in a very real way, like we are kind of all agreeing like, nah, a bunch of the past was fucked up and like, there's some stupid shit. We should probably like let those people out of prison and the people that are all profiting and real comfortable for that are like consequences. No, thank you. Like, and I'm out. Yeah, you're telling me privatized prisons aren't like human trafficking. <laughs> well, I mean, the prison system literally grew out of what do we do with these slaves? Yeah. And, oh, we'll just imprison them and then keep them as slaves. How can we? How can we create enough? How steps? can we? Main, yeah. How can we maintain slavery without it technically not being yeah, slavery? Okay, like I didn't eat sense of fucking day or whatever. I, yeah, and I didn't even. Well, some of it's really made from. I think some of it's just like no, that's just your. Some trouble. of it's just yeah. And I, I didn't realize how much of a pipeline like CPS was to that until like last year or two or so, where I was like, I mean, I've always known CPS was a little bit weird, whatever. Like just because like you're taking parents away or kids away from parents, there's bound to be some other people to take care of them. Yeah, there's bound to be some complications there, and like it's it's wild to know how much of it is like. Well, we're gonna target black families because like they they're just criminals. That's just that's just how we think, and like because of that, we're also gonna treat these kids as if they are already guilty for shit and like oh look at that now they're in prison and then we'll make them do jobs and like it's it's god it's frustrating sorry I know we just said this but weed (laughs) also that's another important part of the ruling in in Amy Coney Barrett's part is that there's not enough of a supply of domestic infants for adoption meaning there are not enough white people to buy and there's not enough white babies for white people to buy. Because because it goes back to the thing we were talking about earlier. Yeah. So many people see kids... Do you kids. know how much more expensive white babies are than any other kind of baby? What, I mean, my grandma used to lightly threaten me with that knowledge sometimes. <laughs> what the fuck? Well, was she nice though at least or no? Oh, my grandma is the best human so being in my entire family. Oh yeah. Oh. Okay, guys. But like, like she always said, like I knew that it was true. <laughs> yeah, like, she knows that price, but it's because she grew up in Thailand. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I, I do spend a good amount of time on TikTok. Thought listening to adoptees talk about the adoption process and also like people who have like adopted their children out and just like insanely money driven and a lot of these people should be going to therapy before they have children because the trauma of realizing they couldn't have kids of their own because like it's traumatic if you want to have children and you realize you can't that's a really painful mourning process. Now, I don't understand it because I don't get why anyone would replicate themselves, but that's something that happens. And so it's like, you find out you don't want to have a kid or you can't have a kid. And then it's like, great, well, I can buy a kid. And then you think that's going to fix all that trauma of you not being able to make your own genetic offspring. And if they're a different race and you're a racist, it's even worse. And if you don't know you're racist, it's even worse. <laughs> Sneak peek in like maybe future recyclables, but there's this thing about how trauma creates trauma, creates trauma, creates trauma. And <laughs> we like, call it my family tree. <laughs> that too. But it's this interesting thing that will like try to negate or, or ignore trauma through like capitalism by spending money at it or being like, I'm in a better position class wise, maybe. And so maybe it's not necessarily money driven, but like societally driven. But either way, like it's, it's, all right, we have this problem that like people need family and community and you need to feel accepted and welcomed and safe. You need your needs met. And like, that's, that, that's all you need. And in order to do that, people will do anything to get that. Like even, you know, create white supremacist groups or whatever. Like, and instead of acknowledging the fact that we want all those things and that like we, we, we could have community and family, like rich people are like, yeah, but you might, I might have less money if you do that. So like, don't. 
Yeah, we can't. I can't have less money. We can't have you, you know, deciding that your immediate situation is so secure that you can go around helping other people with their material conditions. Like, that would be too much. We can't. No, no, don't do that. I keep making this joke about how, like, we're not on Facebook, at least, and Twitter, about how we're not, like, a civilized society. No. Like, like those words don't apply to us. And I think it's because, like, if because we... civilized isn't it? thing. Fair, but I mean like by our own definition. No, I know, but like <laughs> because when you learn the distinctions of what makes something, then you find all these civilizations that don't fit that. Yeah. And then you realize that that's an extremely Eurocentric concept yeah. in and of itself. I, I will I will grant Sorry, that, Pat. but I just mean civility. In, yeah, in, or in, like in, we are not fucking human, we're not empathetic human beings yeah. to each other. And it's, it's I don't know, it's just wild to me because it would be easy enough to be like, alright, we need to make the world so that like a disabled, trans, black, Asian, Hispanic kid <laughs> has to suffer the least. They not even suffer the least, but like their life, since, since their life is going to be the hardest, let's make sure their life is easiest and it will ripple out. And instead, people are hearing that and are being like, oh, so you're going to ignore me. And it's like, it's like, no, we're improving your lot too. We want your life to be better as well. And if you fucking find the worst person, all right, sorry, rising well, tides. It's, it was it's, it's the same thing as Black Lives Matter. All it's like, oh, well, you're acknowledging the existence and problems of another group, so you must be ignoring me. And well, hey, especially when people are like, well, hey, more white people will shop with by cops. I'm like that's bad. Yeah, that's because there's more white people. How that shouldn't be happening bad. at all. Like dumbass. Like come on. Fucking I was trying to break those big ideas down into basic stuff where it's like, so you've agreed that we need a gun more than we need band-aids. Like, you've just, like, that's just been the decision, like, instead of hospitals. Oh, for sure. Like, and, like, you've also yeah, decided... you don't have a right to privacy, but you have a right to own a gun. Hey, yeah. Kyle Rittenhouse was a medic, okay? So, like, <laughs> he was just there to help people. He had healing bullets. You know he he released a video game? Yeah. I'm sorry. Dude, what? Why? What? Yeah. Uh, it's dude. where you get to uh, shoot BLM protesters as Kyle Rittenhouse. Kyle Rittenhouse has passive income, and I don't. Oh yeah, Chris. As as soon as you do something, as soon as you do something that the right can use to justify or or use as some kind of like flag to to fly in the air, use you as a cultural talking point to milk. They will use you to milk for cash. They're going to get some money, but you're going to get some money too. It's- I guess it's kind of a, it is kind of the ironic thing about the bad guys being more intersectional than the good guys is like <laughs> the bad guys are way more willing to work together and, and be like, I hate you and you're the fucking worst, but we can both make a lot of Dude, money. They do the fucking like Avengers collab when they get yeah. all the right wing talking heads when together. Their powers combined. Yeah, like the it really gets worse. And then just like throw a Trump in there and like everybody's yeah. like, oh yeah, I'm on board. Well, and let's not forget the complicit nature of mainstream liberal media. Oh, Let's oh, not forget the totally. Democratic Party's response <laughs> to Roe v. Wade being overturned. I, that we need to continue voting for them because then they're going to still do nothing. Yeah, I, I was. Please vote. So, like, I, I, what I want to say is that the bad guys are intersectional. And the good guys aren't even good guys. Well, no, I, there are good guys. There are people like us. There's people like... Yes, I'm talking about specifically but, Congress. But yeah. that, that is what's frustrating is that, like, it's it's actually been a thing we, we've been talking about doing an episode of Recyclables <laughs> oh, about, about explaining kind of the spectrum of, of politics so that people understand <laughs> when I'm like saying like I don't like liberals it's it's because my definition of liberal is this person that's in the middle and and is like things are fine like we just need to keep th- we need to make things more fine they need to be more like now but that's what's wrong from like Joe Manchin to AOC yeah, and, and to Bernie, to Bernie, like they're. But, but I mean, like even on the right, there, there's a wide swath of people that they they are all kind of liberal because the Democrats are not very left at all. So they, I mean, no, they're not even they're not even centrist at this point. Yeah. They're straight up Republicans. And that, exactly. So so they're yeah. all to be painted with this brush, and just some of them have a different. I don't know. They just have different game plans for how they think they're going. Like we were 
we were talking earlier off mic, so I'll bring it up again. We, we did, I went did a show a while ago with uh, Dirty Angel, and Courtney and I were talking about the fact that, like, for both of us, even though she's like a queer black woman and I'm like nominally straight white guy, Obama was like a big eye opener for us as far as like, oh shit, that's really what the damn have to offer is that like, like she cares about black excellence, right? Like that's mm. as, a, as a black woman, like that's important to her, and like to see the, this dude basically just kind of ignore her community in a very real way oh, yeah. and like it was was fucking the final straw for her as far as democrats went and for me it was like that was literally the only time i voted for you guys because like i don't vote nationally i'll vote locally but like the, the I, I don't think my vote counts presidentially so like to me it's like i want things like student loans canceled universal health care that kind of thing i mean she wants the same things but with obama i was like all right i kind of think this guy should win this time and it's like the one time i tried you still didn't do the shit for me like i hate to be greedy but like or self-centered i mean he ran against mccain the first time yeah but he ran on like he ran on like universal health care oh, and like Bay. yeah, yeah. And that was the thing. Do that. that was the thing that really sealed the deal for me because he was the only one talking about that. I'm done with it. I think it's dead. Thank you. You served us well. Thank you, Tiger Blood. And like everyone sense, it's like like honestly, I wouldn't. I only voted for fucking. Uh, Biden this time because I was like I feel like the escalation under Trump will actually be scarier than the escalation under Biden. Like Biden's kind of more or less preceded how I thought things would be a few more like mass shooting things than I anticipated. Like not that I'm a fucking prognosticator. You know religion opiate for the masses. Just that phrase in general opiate of the masses. Mm -hmm. I feel like any of our charming Democrats that's what they are. They are just to convince. They're the they're the ones to try and convince us that this system is for us. Uh, and, and somehow still works. The yeah, main- and somehow still works. And like, because like, the toughest part about Trump getting elected for me, other than everything else that happened, was that it finally brought, brought me to terms that every president had been shitty. Because of everything we're yeah. complaining about him on... We've seen every fucking president do in the past, yep. including Obama. Mm-hmm. And so when, and like, I remember when Biden got the nominee, my dad, I was mad. And I, and then he got, like, my dad's like, well, you can't, or like, after he got elected, I was complaining about it. He's like, well, you can't complain for him. You voted for him. I was like, no, that is the reason I can complain about yeah. him. I said, do your job. And guess what he's not doing? His fucking job. Right? The I gave it to the, you. The problem on the Democratic You said you wanted side, it. That's the that's the fucking bigger problem with me right? when it comes to politics. Is like you said you wanted this job. You said you ran against you, thirty other people. You took a bunch of people's money and spent it because everyone's supposed to believe in you to do these things. Yeah. And then you get there and you're like, oh, I just I just can't. I just the music. Do you think Trump wanted to be president? I, like, do you think when he became president, do you think he wanted to remain president? <laughs> I think there. I mean, there's obviously a learning curve to the job. You got so well, and especially if you're not a statesman in any way. Totally, no training or in any background that would qualify in any way, except that. But it's like so. First off, yeah. Do you think he had any idea what the presidency was going to be like? No, No. absolutely not. I watched West Wing. I know I couldn't handle. (laughs) (laughs) And that's a very like that's a very that's a very very modern show, and it's very like. Uh, Apologist. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, oh, everybody's everybody in there is noble. Doing their best, you they're know? doing it. Even the Republicans are doing it for they're noble reasons. Well. Oh, I love that show so much. I can't. I can't deny it. I would rather lie. watch House of Cards, even in, even with Kevin oh, Spacey. I'll I, watch that all over again before I watch a West Wing episode ever. I'd rather watch Sin City than any of this. Was that the one with David Spade? No, that was the one with Michael, uh, Michael J. J. Fox, Fox and like Fox. one of Charlie one of the early queer Andy black characters did? on TV as well. Or is that Newsroom? Joe Rogan? That's You're thinking of News Radio, I think. News Radio. There was somebody, that was Chelsea Grammer, right? I can't remember who the up-and-comer person was on there. I can't tell any of these sitcoms of Frasier was Kelsey Grammer. And, but Frasier was from Cheers, right? Correct. Hey, Ted Danson was in Cheers. That's right. Um, Danny DeVito was in Cheers? No. Danny was Taxi. Taxi with Andy Kaufman. Andy Kaufman and, no... Tony Shalhoub no, no. was first in Wings that's as right. a cab driver. That's right. Dude, Wings. <laughs> I go back and watch Wings just for Tony Shalhoub. Did you know that the Hanson, the Hanson, not the Hanson, the, the brother who's with the gal 
He's the voice of Batman in the cartoons. Oh. Yeah, Kevin Conroy? I just found out he was gay recently. I didn't even know that. I was like, oh shit, well, way to go, I Kevin Conroy. Wings now to confirm oh, this. Boy. I watched a lot of Wings and I tried to be watched the other day. I was like, wow, there's a lot of fat, a lot of fat phobia in this. Oh yeah, that was... Uh, anything from the 90s, especially. 90s, yeah. The yeah, nanny is really bad. My mom's been rewatching the nanny. Or she actually never watched it because she was watching well, part of time, so she missed the nanny. It's assuming I wanted chicken wings. Yeah. I'm getting hungry every time we say the word wings. Yeah. Well, I'm so sorry. Nerdy, nerdy, nerdy history moment. The reason so many of those like kind of crappy 90s things exist is like, you know, the comedy busting boom happens, right? Right. So like... So daily. Anyone who manages to just kind of show up and do the job for the 80s is a comedian. And then you can go to LA on that and get a writing gig. So a lot of those gigs are people showing up, like essentially bringing in their set to sell right. and like selling that to a show and as fat phobia killed in the uh, fucking, yeah. In the 90s. I mean, it's, it's still, people still laugh about it now, but I think audiences are a lot more turned off to it. Uh, Kyle Adams went to the comedy store down in LA mm-hmm. And he said the headliner, I don't even know who his name was, he like immediately singled out someone fat in the audience and made fun of them. And it was just like, why would you do that? What's the point of that? Like, it is it is super awkward to look back on stuff and feel like, oh, I made that kind of joke. But then it's also nice because then I'm like, oh, I evolved. Oh, I, I learned. I'm I learned to do person. better. That's something I know. Don't lie about myself. <laughs> That's not something I like, don't like about myself, and I will discontinue I, I, replicating yeah, that. Behavior. I know how to avoid. Yeah, no, it's wild to me the amount of people who like you. You tell them, "Hey, this thing hurts me that you did. Could you maybe not do that?" And they're like, "That's all I'm ever going to do for the rest of my life. I will double down on this." <sighs> and there's so many people out there like that, like. And I mean, so many people want to make money on that kind of shit. There's, there's a thing I noticed when I was at Plaid where, like, if you work hard, it will get you as far as you can get taken advantage of, right? And if you are willing to take advantage of people, it will only take you as far as other people will work hard. And that's why, like, places like Plaid kind of thrive, because it calls to both of those people. Because, like, the people who are like, oh, this is my community, and I want to be of service, and, like, I love connecting with people. And what you need? You need you need the cigarette sweet. Like, they go there. Then, But then <laughs> you also just as likely are the person who's going to be like, look, I'm just going to show up for, like, an hour today, and you're going to do all the stocking and stuff while I, like, do, I don't know, like, paperwork or whatever. Like, that guy is going to go, they're going to meet each other and take each other real far. That's that's all. Yeah. No, you're definitely right. I I there is a plaid next to where I work, so I do frequent there, and I get to know the people that work in there. And uh, a woman named Candy and a guy named Brian or whatever. I can't choose that right but they're always there uh, like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So I remember because every time I go in, Candy is talking. She just repeatedly just going on and on and on, but I, like can't, does not stop talking. I can't believe it. Uh, which, like, I guess if you're working long hours without anyone else to talk to, and then suddenly your replacement's there. It's, there's that. There's, there's, you have about two minutes of conversation. The only people who are going to talk to you are the people you don't want to talk to. Right. The people you want to talk to, she's got a boyfriend. Like, something like that. Sorry, I couldn't resist joking. People have got boyfriends. Yeah. But so, she, and she's just talking about it. It's like, well, I never get time off work, and like... Like I don't get paid. I mean, I don't really like. I know. It sucks that you're just like like, sitting here in the situation. Like, just work across the street, and we'll hire you right now. The double, the double whammy of the problem is is that they they're you're grateful to have a job, right? Totally. And then you're also you're so stressed that it's kind of it like Stockholm-y in the sense oh. that you're like you mean like my job where I was glad I had a job but I was yeah. also afraid I was going to get fired every second day yeah and yeah. then and then the other part is there's been a few studies like not not absolute comprehensive studies but a few things have shown that like burnout and like kind of that kind of behavior or even what you're talking about is a form of PTSD okay. where you're like I am so fucking stressed Guess what? Word of like that's how you make comics, right? Like it's, it's <laughs> working in the deli was awful. I would never recommend it to another human being. Yeah. No, and like I think it's important for us to work on reframing the phrase burnout to just the results of exploitation. Yeah, because yeah. like I've seen a lot of writing where they're talking about the fact that it's like it's putting the onus on the uh, oppressed person to be like, oh well, you're just burnt out. It's like no, this job sucks. <laughs> 
And like you are taking advantage of me. You are exploiting my time. You're ruining my free time. And if, if no, well, no, I was gonna say if anyone hasn't listened to it, they can feel free to listen to the Cost of Convenience mini series in the Respect Levels feed true. that goes yeah. over all this. But like the simple solution is you give them a fucking raise, maybe even a you union. You have two clerks there every day. And you have two all clerks day. there. You have two clerks there every day all day. <laughs> the only way you're gonna do that is to get a raise or create a situation such that people fucking wanna be there. And it's super easy to do. The only reason the people at top don't do it is because they're like, well, they, I, I make the same amount of money if you're miserable as if you're happy. In fact, but I, make, I have to work a lot harder for you to be happy. Yeah. And more importantly, if you're happy enough, I might not make as much money because I might have to like pay other people. And that means I go from being a multimillionaire to just a millionaire. And I can't handle that because I lost millions of dollars. Like, are you not seeing all my free speech I lost? In this transaction, yeah, I can't even imagine having that much free speech. Uh, seven houses worth of fucking free. I know I've said this before, maybe even on your show. One of the dudes owns seven fucking. He owns his neighborhood and he rents it out according to like who he thinks will be noise level worthy. Okay, but like I would love to do that. I would too, but at the same time, that's what a psychopath does. You know what I mean? Like I would love to do that. But that's what a crazy no, person does. No, obviously, in your situation, it would be really <laughs> ideal to have a neighbor who yeah. respects your noise complaint. Oh, absolutely. But do you think it's okay for you to exploit thousands upon thousands of people to gain that much financial security to be able to own an entire neighborhood? Well, this is I don't think you would go that far. Like, you can empathize with someone, but also understand they're taking it too fucking far. And I hate to Sorry, I'm getting angry because well, I don't well, want to empathize with anybody. This is the ever. quadrant. This is kind of like the, the two polar opposites you were talking about, the recyclables commune. And that's kind of the same thing. You can pick your neighbors. Yeah, and, but you're in control the whole time. Yeah, and everybody yeah. has a, a democratic say as to what's going on. Well, but, yeah. kinda, but the other thing is, like, kind of tying back to what we were talking about earlier, what Chris wants and needs is, like, community and family. This dude clearly doesn't want to have doesn't want to be in this position these kids clearly need people apparently there's rich white people who don't have enough kids like we could solve these this problems. guy can make a quick fourteen thousand. well i didn't even mean it that way i just meant like, no, like there's there's, there's I, someone who could take those kids in and foster them also there could be resources so he could be the dad he may want to be but just can't fucking be yeah. i know i'm probably giving him a lot more credit than he deserves but and like here's the there thing. are plenty of people who are abusive who, if they probably were given the resources, they wouldn't be abusive. Or at the very least, and I get that. Or at the very least, if we didn't stigmatize, if you, like, here's the thing, he can't just walk away either, right? Because that's two human lives. get child abandonment and all that, right? He can't just give them to somebody that's not there. But if we had, like, we had a real fucking society, he could be like, hey, I'm clearly not into kids, right? And I don't want kids. Is there somebody who will take care of these? They say this. I made it and I don't want it. You and can I'm, leave a child at a fire yeah, station. I, I, in some states, not all of them though. But I think I mean, there's different rules state to state. But okay. I mean, how much shit Sorry, is... Sorry, I saw someone make a really tumblr angry meme about that. It, but it's also worth noting like, how shitty is that guy going to be treated the rest of his life because he couldn't take care of his kids versus a person who can be like, oh shit, I'm actually not competent to be a parent and I will ruin these fucking kids. But these exist, so they need parents, right? Like the, that's. But again, fuck that guy for doing. What fuck that doing guy for doing kid. all the things. Yeah. But at the same like, time, none of this is a, like. I just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not dismissing what he's doing. I'm just saying there's there's a world where we double down like we are, and we're like, you know, it's got to be the cops will solve this, and fucking he'll go to jail, and the kids will go to foster care, and eventually end up in jail themselves, and like problem solved for nobody, and rich people make money. Or there's a situation where it's like, oh man, kids find a cool family and dude can just go be drunk on his motorcycle or fucking whatever he rides. I, I don't know why yeah, I decide. I, I just he assume. He drive his motorcycle it's, off of It's a big truck. I just assume all bad dads have motorcycles. The sides of the bed, do they angle up? No. no, no, oh, no. Those it's, are it, the most hideous trucks. There's nothing inherently wrong with consumption, but there is something wrong with the way consumption Oh, has. totally. Developed advertising is cultures. ridiculous, and I do want to oh double, triple, mean, clarify. I don't, I don't want to be defending that guy. It's just frustrating to me that oh, we no, live totally. in a world and where it's like we don't have really tangible solutions for it right now. Yeah, I think yeah. that's that, that's what's right yeah, yeah. It's like we could, but we don't. 
Because cops. We spent all that money on cops. Have you read, goddamn, I'm trying to ask you, have you read The Dispossessed? <laughs> the Dispossessed. Me, 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 I've got it on. I listened to it on Audible, uh, just driving up and down to the CL. What'd you listen to? The Dispossessed by Ursula K. Le Guin. Oh, I need to watch. I need to read her stuff or listen oh, to her stuff. So I've heard really good things. Uh, and Lathe of Heaven is set in Portland, which is pretty cool. And it's about a guy whose dreams are coming true. So this doctor is like using him to change reality. That's fucked up too. But, uh, this one uh, is about a colony of anarchists that live on the moon of this planet, and they send one of their scientists to see how the capitalists are living. It's oh, it's so good. We've I mentioned to Chris this idea that we've had for a long term project, and like I just need the time to oh. sit down with Corey about a, like a time travel show, oh, and yes. like one of one of my one of the jokes I want in it is that there's a capital world. But it's the only world where capitalism is allowed. Like, that's why it's called the capital world. Yeah. But, like, everybody is only there voluntarily. And, like, as a joke, I've decided, like, I have notes for this. I should bring them. So, anyway, it's like you can buy and sell, the, like, the children that are made there are sold away so that they don't have to live under capitalism. Oh, wow. And, like, because capitalism is fine selling kids, they're also fine yeah. with that. Like, it's. It, but it's supposed to be so far in the future that, like, everybody's covered. It's fine. So, it's where all sociopaths live. Yeah, yeah. Well, that or War World, where it's just you, you there, there are yeah, literally right, right, no right. rules. Yeah. And like, that's kind of the joke of the, of the idea is like, most people don't choose to go to War World, but then like, you're like, why don't you go to War World? Because fucking crazy people go to War World. Like, why not visit? Because crazy people. But in the dispossessed, uh, on this anarchist planet when a, like this couple decides they want to have kids it's really just like the woman decides that they would like to have a kid and then she like you just kind of choose your person yeah. and you know it's all just kind of hey and so then but if you have a kid you can decide if you want to raise that kid or you can send it to like this communal school where it's just kind of raised uh, and like maybe they know their parents or maybe they don't it just kind of depends on the situation but there's always adults there to kind of like take care of them and they're raised through the school system where they're kind of like they're um, no, I'm down for this. I'm, I'm, no, it's it's really good. That's how they choose their educational system. So a lot of the ways that people who talk about like adoption reform and like foster reform is that moving away from adoption and either focusing on keeping the children with the family if that's a possibility, or doing legal permanent legal guardianship, where like there's no severing of the information about your previous family if there's a healthy enough connection there may be able to be interaction like you're not it's not going to be a mystery and you're not going to know about your past um and i think that's something that i would really appreciate because like the problem with the way adoption is right now is people want to make a family they don't want to provide a home for a child they want what they think a family is instead of what the family they need to be for that child it's like a a lot of trauma that goes along with foster care and with adoption, like literally removing a birth child from their birth parent right at the beginning is traumatic. And there's a lot of extremely negative mental health consequences in the beginning. Okay. I will say though, that had people taken me away from my parents earlier, I would have dealt with less trauma. Oh than no, being no, you're them. right. No, you're actually right. <laughs> and that, and like you probably would have been a situation where like, it would have just been separated. But like the problem is, is that if you have people who have this wrong idea about what they're doing for that child, taking these child children who are dramatized, it's just like a fucking powder keg in a match. Well, there's making these- a toxic family, a toxic upbringing and another child who doesn't feel like they belong or deserve to exist. And if you know that no one wanted you down coming down the pipe and then the people who chose you didn't want you for the right reasons. Yeah. It's, it's this frustrating thing where like uh, the thing that really, really frustrates me about like fascists and shit right now is that like where how fat, uh, snappily they dress rather than all that bullshit me, is that like then Shapiro dresses real sharp. No, I'm thinking more like Coco Chanel and such. I'm oh. thinking of historical fashion. Yeah. Oh, okay. But like 
we're, we're at this point historically where we have all the information to do that because we used to think a family was mom, dad, kids, blah, blah, blah. Right. But it's and, so much and so we force that. that to happen. And then we, we start looking at the information and we're like, Oh shit, this is traumatic. We need to change the method in the ways we do that. But we're doing that. That, that That's the way life is. We do that with therapy. It used to be oh, all about Freud shit. And now we're like, Oh no, Freud was just a coke addict who had like some useful language. Right. He had <laughs> some insights, but he also had an insane amount of bias. Yeah. And then a few years later, we start figuring out, oh, maybe we need to center uh, healthcare on taking care of the person, not taking care of their symptoms, right? And like shit like that. And we're having these evolutionary kind of a cycle where we're coming to all these discoveries about what we should be doing next. And the fascists are like, yeah, 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 but 1930, like 1930, bro. Like yeah, fucking. Like instead of wanting <laughs> to move forward and fix things, they're like, no, we need to keep breaking things to go back to something that never existed. Because we could have a world where we could be like whatever race or gender or fucking whatever the shit we want to be. And these people are like, no, I really want to be this exact kind of thing always. Like, it's, it's frustrating. But yes, I would love to help kids get out of trauma. But I also know that, like, the way our systems are not only privatized, but also not actually really centered around the child and more around the adults and what they want, it gets really fucked up. Another thing I want to bring to everybody's attention here, okay, is that we've been watching a lot of blood over SDs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just, just yeah, all the time. I and can't I, do that show. It's too much. You know, I want you to know what the most criminal fucking thing about that show is, though. Oh, I'm ready. And you got you. Oh, all right. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. It's been a while since I've watched it. So. It's the fucking theme song. Do marathon that? It is such a goddamn roller coaster. Those fucking 45 seconds of, like, high-intensity jazz and flute music, and it feels like you're fucking dancing and singing with the world, and then all of a sudden, don't, don't, this child is being abused. Like, no, I know. No, it is so, such a yo-yo for my goddamn brain, and I feel like this has to be made into a decent bit. Otherwise, I'm going insane for no reason. Yeah, I know my thing that frustrates me the most about it is a it fall. It, they they don't always follow the law and order formula. So they'll catch it by surprise. Like, yeah, like SVU definitely gets a little loosey goosey with the. But then also, like, when, the more you find out about the police, the more you're like, none of this would ever fucking happen. Like, none of like. Well, and I mean, I think SVU did it even I mean, more so than the original Law and Order. They just really normalized this like mob justice mentality because yes. Sex crimes are fucked up, and sex yeah, yeah, yeah. crimes against children are fucked up. But you know what? Those are still human beings, and we do need to treat them like people. Well, it's a weird acknowledgement that we need to center children, but not that we need to do anything about it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like we need to we need to treat kids like they're special. Oh, so like give them an environment to grow and be raised. In. No, just when they die, it's really important. Like <laughs> they're all angels. Yeah. I think I don't. Fuck John Mulaney, but he had a really good bit about that, like how like the tabloid magazine in New York would always talk about these precious angels dying and stuff. But it's like there's a certain age that you can be a precious angel. Like there's all these things, but you have to like perfect little baby die. <laughs> Sorry, it's weird. I mean, really, they're called anytime like rape or children are involved. So, yeah. so, so sexually are considered especially abuse. Yeah, yeah. the elites. <laughs> so it's like, don't get me wrong, like. I don't want anyone doing that to anybody, but I also don't think the solution is always to, like, break every fucking law yeah. about how you proceed as a cop, and, and also, then, like, straight up beat the shit out of suspects sometimes. It's rarely... That's the, I mean, sometimes, though. The other problem is that it's What if not, that's not actually who it is, though? Like, that... No, no, no. You I are, get it. I understand. Like, I get you it. are correct. Well, like, think about fucking Emmett Till. Yeah. Like, that's the problem, is, like, we cannot normalize doing that because who does it happen to? The most marginalized people. I'm sorry, I'm really mad. I'm very yeah. mad. It's been a mad day. It's hot. I get hot when I'm mad. But that's why it makes me uncomfortable, and, like, I can't. That's why SVU really pisses me off. So it's like, I yeah. want people who touch children and rape people to never do that again. But... We're never going to resolve this issue if we do are addressing it the way it is. It, it also does that thing where it doesn't teach it doesn't teach the people who do the thing to be responsible. 
to not do it in any fashion. Like, it's yeah. just like, it's always like a lot of like, no, these people are just this way. They're just animals. Like the, 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 a lot of SVU is just people can't help what they're doing and they're just awful. But then it's also this thing where it's like, it doesn't, it, it highlights the wrong people as potential predators a lot of the time too, where mm. it's like the shit that happens is usually, yes, it's usually somebody close to you, but it's not, it's not like as black and white as, as like, Oh, it was her stepdad. Like there's, I don't know. It's just, it's weird. It, maybe we shouldn't make people's private, weird, specific, unique, terrible, traumatic moments into entertainment unless they're doing it themselves. Yeah, maybe like my- the people who are experiencing these things and talking about, <laughs> them versus writers who don't even have that. And I mean, obviously you can write things that aren't your experiences, but maybe not 20 plus years of television worth. I I would be curious about how many assault victims were... like consulted or yeah. anything. So I just remembered a thing. Like one of the funniest things is William Shatner. Funniest in an awful way, but like William Shatner used to have an interview show. I might have told you guys about this, and he had Friend Drescher on, and Friend Drescher was at one point um, tied up, assaulted, as was her boyfriend and her roommate by like somebody broke Holy into their. Shit. And so William Shatner is interviewing her about it. And he says, one night I was on my balcony and the balcony next to me, a man came out and he wasn't supposed to be there. And then he left. So I hear you were raped. Like, like just about like that. Nice. And it is the most like surreal thing. And it lives in my memory every time I do an interview where I'm like, never be William Shatner. Just don't do that. Just never be William He's Shatner. Just the worst. And like, I was like, but my first thought was like, I wonder if Fran Drescher consulted on the episode of Law and Order SVU she was on. Oh. So. <laughs> so I hate my brain. Um, on one of the seasons of Drag Race, they had Cher's mom and shares now son to interview and one of the contestants was very actively asking Cher's mom about her abortion and just kept asking her about it and her mom just getting more uncomfortable and it was just like it wasn't like Shatner like I don't think they, there was any like really they were just nervous and trying to do the challenge because it was like part of the competition to do these interviews and do a good job like a TV show but like it was like the most uncomfortable thing in the world. Actually, like, did you move on to any other subject? <laughs> Sorry. No. It was so wild. They did such a I really loved them, though. They were great in the season. I love Jocelyn Fox. Sure, sure was in a movie called If These Walls Talk, if I remember right. I, I think that might be the name of it, but it's it's a movie about women's rights, and it's like a, a woman gets like a coat hanger abortion, and another one goes to a clinic, and like another one runs a clinic out of the house, and it's kind of like showing a little bit of the story. And my grandma got it when I was like 12 or 13 because she liked all the actresses in it because it was like share and, and, like- and she's like she she gathered us all around because she's like oh it's about it's about a family and it's about generational stuff it's gonna and, be great and like I watched it and I was like you know I think I'm pro whatever the fuck I'm pro now like I don't like I'm I'm definitely on the side of women now it turns out I, for- yeah. I forgot if that was pro-life or pro-choice because I was like aren't I both because I'm pro anyway sorry sorry pro Pro-life is such a wild thing because it's not about pro-life. It's about being against abortion or contraception. It's about allowing people to have sex without consequences. They don't want that. Yeah. Well, anyone... They want you to keep the cum. They want you to keep the cum really bad. (laughs) But if you tell people you want them to keep the cum so you can have slave labor, it's, like, weird for some reason, I guess. Like... I told my kid that when he, he went camping with his girlfriend this week and I was like, keep the cum. We need slave labor. And he was, he was like, dad, you're on speakerphone. And I was like, okay, make sure he keeps the, I didn't do that. I didn't do He keeps the cum. Like she's coming into him. <laughs> However it works. <laughs> we don't know what they do. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know how teenagers have sex. They're not, I'm, listen, I'm not asking them. They are probably I'm, doing way more stuff than I will ever. Like I've just accepted that my baby boy is going to be pegged at some point. Like, I'm just like, I mean, I'm, like good. I, yeah, like I, I, I mean, I'm that that's jokish, but I did like he recently turned eighteen, and we kind of had we're gonna do he's he's agreed to the exit interview. We're gonna do sick people check that's out recyclables cool, right? in the future. I'm gonna do an exit interview with my son into adulthood. Like, thank you for being a part of Dadco. 
Like, uh, here, here's what we felt. We'd like to hear how you felt yeah. about your time. Cause I would genuinely like to have a child express the things they needed for parents to hear, even if it's going to be a little weird for me. Like that's, I, I feel like I can do that, but, uh, 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 I forgot where I was going with that at the start. <laughs> Did you guys see Nancy Pelosi on Drag Race? Oh, that's the second time she's been on. Drag I, you know. I was, I was, I was. She's too, and you could like see her face. It looked like she wanted puke. I was making out with somebody, and and it came on, and I, I, I have never pulled someone away from my face <laughs> so quickly to just be like, what. The fuck, like, because like I don't watch Drag Race, right? But and like I'm not. But a fan. this is not where Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, comes. like, and then she's like, "Come out and vote," and I'm like, "Nancy Pelosi, you were fine with most of these people being dead like 50 years ago, yeah, like, right? Wow, like, oh, t- like, yeah, just, yeah, just." Um. So yeah, this is the second time she's been on Drag Race. So when you sent me that pic- picture, I didn't realize you were watching that episode because I hadn't watched it yet. So I thought you were talking about the last time she was on Dragon Race. And so then when it showed up on the screen, I was like, God fucking damn it! Wait, so what happened the first time she It's the same thing. She just comes out to say, slay the day away and go about. It's just it's just a DNC thing. And they daughter the zombie that is fucking... I don't... I bet you uh, Paramount donates to fucking the DNC, and the DNC probably does some nice loophole shit for Paramount, and so that. Oh yeah, Paramount has some. Paramount has some sketch ads. That show is awful. I know. I've watched watched so much. My parents. It is so bad. CIS. Did you watch Leverage? I was love Leverage. I was big on NCIS, but it's. I mean, that's the love boners because it was a hundred percent. I used little punk gal. Yeah. Oh, in NCIS? Yeah. Such a and beauty. I used Such to be into CSI. I'm, I'm into CSI and Bones. I'm into any weirdo kind of... Bones is good, but it kind of... Or not Bones, but, uh, not Bones, but uh, House. 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 That's house, what is, I'm, yeah. house is one of... It's, like, I'm, it's a great roller coaster. I'm a serious Vicodin addiction away from being House. <laughs> like, I'm working on it. I got the cane. I'm smarter than everybody, I um, think. I'm pretty <laughs> sure you need a medical degree. <laughs> yeah. So we need money. Yeah, we can Which fix that. Sort of been the problem the whole time. Yeah, yeah. so can't. So no, no, no. I, I, it's more if you need money. And then I guess I guess instead of house, I'll be home. <laughs> I'll be mobile home. Well, okay, but that's the thing because studio based off homes. Yeah, I love Sherlock. I was Sherlocking and like. Do you I, like the British show? I, you wanted I, to. The first two seasons were really good, and then after that, it just fell. Did you watch H Bomber guy's video about it yet? No. You need to watch his video about Sherlock. But, but it does. I know it's a Moffat show, which I am. I, I I'm a Moffat scholar. If anything, like I've watched all of his shows, and he does the thing where if someone talks quickly, they are considered intelligent, and then they therefore can run the room. And that's in, in House is the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Doctor uh, Who. Uh, uh, the mentalist, out. yeah. Well, Doctor Who, he does. Yeah. Doesn't. But so all of these shows. I love Psych. I like. Psych. I love Psych. Psych is one hundred percent copaganda and one hundred percent adorable. And I, right. they could fix He's that. His dad's relationship is the best part. They they could fix that show one hundred percent with me if they just let Sean be a stoner. If like the whole oh, reason yeah. he's running the scam yeah. is because he's like, oh, I know the police are bad, but I do want to catch murderers. It's, it's kind of implied with the, how much he and Gus just go eat snacks like all the yeah, time. All the right. Time. And uh, yeah, I'm sure like USA <laughs> wouldn't let him go. If I if I had if I my grandma knew the executive producer. Okay, like, speaking of great propaganda though, fucking Monk. Yeah, I watched Monk a bit, but I didn't watch it a lot. Oh, Monk I is did. good because I fucking it's, love Monk. It has a quality that SVU has, which is you don't actually have to pay attention to it. You can just show up for a scene. Okay. Somebody's going to do their monologue, and then that's and that's oh, good. Oh, this is where we're yeah. at. And yeah, monk is like you can you can show up to a monk bit, and, and you don't need to give a fuck about the murder. Monk's just going to be monk. That was fun. And then oh, I guess he solved the murder. Well, I need to put away the Tony Shalhoub, which I love because he's 100%. so good. He's- he was great in Men in Black. He was great in Men in Black. I didn't know who was in uh, Marvel's Ms. Uh, Ms. Maisel. He plays the dad. He's oh, yeah, so he good that. I don't like Marvel's Ms. Maisel here myself. Again, the first season was so good, and I was like, oh, maybe this would be great. And I was like, huh. When she gets back with the husband, it was gross out with yeah. that first off. And yeah. also, I, it just like, it, you can't have a show about someone facing adversity in comedy 
and then live a comfortable middle class life. Yeah. That is not adversity in comedy. Right. Like That's how you make I'm it in sorry. comedy is you come from a comfortable middle class yeah, life. Yeah, like that's not adversity. You, so you like, have... it, it's just so hard because like it just feels like really whitewashy about the sexism and the oh, classism yeah. in comedy. Oh, yeah. And so like I just can't enjoy it. But I love that Tony Shalhoub was in it. And he's <laughs> a delight. Honestly, a lot of great actors and Holly, a lot of people. Holly was another good one. Is that the one with the parrot? Yeah. I have not seen that all the way through. Oh, it's such a tearjerker. It's it's definitely. I think it's one I made out with someone. There's a lot of movies where I either was drunk or made out with someone during them, and I'm like, I have never. That was with Tron Legacy. I've never. That was everybody with Tron and Chill uh, Garden State. No, was my good. No, it's never been. It's oddly very rarely yeah, Netflix. Yeah. Like sixteen year olds, I love Garden State. Let me tell you. How old were you? <laughs> I was gonna ask. <laughs> you were like, I was twelve. No. I was an early bloomer. Um, oh, God, the guy from uh, Oklahoma, because Oklahoma decided that Texas can't be worse than them. So the guy from Oklahoma, he's like, yeah, 13 year olds can consent uh, to sex. <laughs> and they're like, so, but like, if you, it was your daughter's, and he's like, yeah. What? I, I wouldn't want them to, but yeah. Well, so that's one comforting thing, though. Um, Is that he's stuck with it? No, one comforting thing we were, I was joking earlier about like teenagers having sex. Teenagers are having sex way less and a lot later now. Oh, yeah, that's, like, where, we, that's where we started. I don't think my kid is having sex. Like, that's, yeah. what, that's I, I think, like, we had a weird conversation. Fuck him. Yeah, I was like, should I tell him? <laughs> we had a weird conversation where, like, he had a hickey and I made a comment on it and he's like, oh, it's not a sexual hickey. I was like, how the fuck do you get a non sexual hickey? Right, like, please explain. And at first, I came off with that tone and he was like, well, fuck you. And like, walked out with I was like, that's fair. <laughs> And like we had a conversation about it, and he's like, "Well, sometimes you want to be like this person is my partner and intimate, but you don't want to be sexual, and you want to like have a way to show that affection, and like you're willing to." And I was like, "Oh, okay, that's that's really." It took him a minute to realize I wasn't going to make fun of him or whatever, or be mad at him because I didn't understand it. I'm really confused. Well, because to them, it's not. It really isn't about the sex. It's the I'm essentially I'm marking you as mine, oh but without. But I mean, I was into biting, so I get it. Oh, yeah. I still bite, but like, I, I guess they're making out, though, right? Yeah, they're I, like making out. At I least, think right? so. I, I mean, I got hickeys before I had sex. But I mean, I don't, I don't know that they are. They might. And like, kid might be asexual. Like, I haven't. That was I when he. That was what I was saying earlier. Was when he turned eighteen, we kind of had a talk, and I was like, "Hey, I know the one thing I the the one thing I know I fucked up was that we were like, you're a boy." Like right off the bat, instead of I know this in hindsight. I think if I could do all the things over again, there's a lot of things, but there's like that. There's I wouldn't have married your mom, and like because that that created an entirely different dynamic that we didn't need. Like we mm-hmm. we could have done things a number of different ways and, and not built up a bunch of resentment towards each other. Yeah, and like I would have tried to be there more in ways that I realized now I could have because there's a lot of times that like I was like oh I can't be there so I won't be instead of realizing like. I can be there, but I won't be in a way that satisfies me, but I still need to be there. Like, I, I yeah. definitely fucked up. Like, there's, there's no way to perfect parent because disasters are going to happen. Shit happens. Like, but I, I, I am also aware of the times that I was like, I'll let shit happen. Like, because I can't do anything. So, yeah. But, but, but I guess the hickeys come from, like, I've always, I had the sense that he might be like asexual or, or non binary or something, and that he hasn't wanted to express it because, like, he's just a fucking queer. Maybe, but his stepdad is like, his, wrong with that. his stepdad's family is pretty conservative. And, so like, it's hard to be yeah. any of what you want to be around uh, that. When my, when my brother came out as transgender, they were like, well, what do we call him? And I was like, well, why don't you ask my brother? Yeah. Why don't you? What a he is a sentient person. You can have these conversations. Right. I don't talk to him because he's a dick, but I'm sure he'll tell you what he'd like you to call him. <laughs> and then, and then they're like, "Well, what if this has questions?" I was like, "Do you have questions?" And he's like, "Do I call him aunt or uncle?" Does he call you aunt or uncle? It was real fucking yeah, simple. Really easy. Like, oh yeah, what am I gonna tell my kids if they see two men kissing? That two men are kissing. And then you move on. But I'm sorry. I'm going to ruin the levels real hard this episode. Not my friend. My yeah, we expect it. Did you uh, on Netflix? Did you watch the show Hentai Five? What Hentai Five? 
it's, a, it's really obscure, but I love it. It's about this uh, guy who goes to culinary school and he's like works at this fancy restaurant in LA. But his family is from Mexico and they own a Mexican restaurant like in East LA. So he has he gets fired from his restaurant job. He has to start working. But one of the characters is one of his cousin is an artist and she gets hired to do a big mural by a white developer on the side of this like tienda, this little like little store, little store. And so she uh, has a does this huge mural of two um, uh, luchadores kissing. With like full mask, yeah. and and she's like love is love is love, whatever, and then like everybody starts boycotting the store and yelling at the owner, and she's like, well, why the fuck did you do that? And like, so then she's like, I'm losing all my money. So then she has a uh, what's that? When like a a shop mob. It's like a flash mob, but you just have everybody come and buy shit from the store. She's like, well, now you're just having people come in at one time, take all my inventory, which I now have to pay for to like... And <laughs> every solution. So you're, you're just trying to help me with everything. And then, so she ends up like selling the store to the white developer who like just immediately knocks it down. And like, so it's excellent parable. <laughs> but anyway, to it's like, why was everybody? <laughs> No, I know. It's a great show. Well, uh, People suck. Tacos in here also good. But yeah, I will say I think it is heartening that kids are understanding their body bodily autonomy a lot better. Um, and I think they are learning that there are other ways to show care and affection for someone without fucking. Yeah. And I think a lot more boys are growing up not thinking that their masculinity is tied to pretty much sexually assaulting women. Yeah. And I don't, I mean, I I don't think, I don't think it's better all the way, but I think especially in a place like Portland, there's typically a lot more of that in the school system already. And if you have cool people around you, it's, I think it's getting better, but I know there's still people super fucked. And I know those 13 year olds still getting pregnant. Like I know that's happening, but it's gotten better than it was. Well, like childhood is a, (laughs) this childhood is a new thing. And I think that's another thing. Like the concept of like, this point is sacred only started at like the end of the 1700s. If that, and so we've only, did we just not see kids as people like at all? Like we're not a person uh, yet. A little bit. And like more as like, you can't contribute so you're but you're not in you just do kid stuff you know what i mean like you're a proto adult you but also like if you're poor you don't have time to we don't have enough records of what you were doing well, and, I mean, and if you're are working right in theory yeah but we don't necessarily know because like we only know it's, it's like one of those quirks of history where we only know what people wrote mm-hmm. and it's not like poor people were sitting around being like well i taught my kid how to read and we played these games and i told them these nursery rhymes it's whereas, on the baby einstein tape yeah there's a lot of prominent authors that we do have stuff from they went to school i wrote about their time in schools so, <laughs> so we, we know that there were schools in yeah. the rich people and like childhood has just as long kind of of a of a lifespan as psychology as fucking adoption as those kind of things and yeah, i think a lot of these are very modern concepts right? and i i think that's also part of the the like a really useful thing about them is that because they're so modern a lot of what fascism and a lot of like just the shitty people are is is trying to go back to win right like like let's just yeah. go back to kings let's go back to the fucking the south like let's do what we I used mean, to okay but like if people worked less under kings maybe we go back to kings. i mean i mean i'm not here not really the, I don't have, i'm just saying <laughs> i mean maybe i'm i'm on my personal theory i actually have a theory for that called the anarch king where we just have a person whose job is king. They don't actually do anything, but whenever we're mad at shit, we're like, well, you chose to be king, so off with your head in a new king. But you get a party, like, the whole fucking time. Yeah, it's like you'd live in a palace and you get all the perks. Yeah. And then we blame all our problems on you. And then, yeah, but then we take care of shit the normal way, but then when we're just like, man, we're just fucking pissed. You, You unfortunately agreed to that as the anarch king, but... Do we have to kill anyone, though? Not necessarily. They can just be deposed. Like, I'm fine with that. It could be like a ritual thing. Yeah. Sorry, I just... Listen, there's a lot of people when I'm really angry, I want to murder. But I just don't like systems where it's built in. If that makes sense. Can it be an option? Yeah. Like an option? I don't know, but it's like... I don't want anyone to die who doesn't necessarily deserve to die, and I don't think I'm comfortable saying who deserves to die, so I'm not really comfortable. Well, no, but I'm like, they, they go into it, and they're like, look, when I get taken out of here, I want the last thing to happen to me is for me to be dead. 
So, I mean, yeah, you could yeah. say, like, either depose me or... I mean, in a society yeah. of perfect autonomy, you can choose to not... Just be... Be well, around. That, like, yeah, I mean... The problem, I think... Asia would be really nice if we had more comfortable... Yeah, the, more comfortable with that. The problem with our system is it's not is it's not a choice most of the time. Like, people committing suicide aren't really choosing suicide. Yeah. When I tried right, it, it was less pain yeah. or... For me, it was like, I, I think I will be less of a burden upon the people I love. Like That I, would be the reason I would do it. And, like... That's not the case. That's just not how how society works. But society had me convinced at that point that you well, were, and your the, brain chemistry right, yeah. in response to what society is saying. And so, like maybe in an alternate reality where like things are pretty chill, I wouldn't want to not exist. I'd probably have that Iron Man armor with the morphine. Like the yeah. <laughs> what happens is a rocket comes up and it does a little animatic, and then I get morphine. So like it'll be like, <laughs> fuck yeah. Oh no rockets, just morphing. No rockets, just morphing. <laughs> Make that a shirt, guys. Alright, is that our shirt for this week? <laughs> No and it's Pat and an Iron Man armor, but absolutely. like absolute bliss on my face. Uh, you might have to pay or see if Nigel can do that. But anyway, <laughs> right, guys. Yeah. Uh, I was given I was given gummies, so yeah. Chris is start melting. I'm fading, guys. I'm sorry to mean it's nap time. I always the, the funny part is I, I always feel like, like you uh, food on the way home. <laughs> Yeah, we can do that. I just feel that I always over-dominate the conversation. So if your fans ever say that, just let me know. I will take that feedback because I do take feedback well. Would you like to actually tell our audience what that's a reference to? Because I don't think you gave that to them. You just gave it to us. So I um, uh, just got fired from a job that I only had for, I had for less than a month and a half. That's why I've been making jokes about feedback. I've been someone who's had to deal with feedback my whole life because I've worked in customer service, food production, production, all sorts of things. And so, to be accused of not being able to take feedback was very insulting. <laughs> I also do not always take feedback well. But, you know what? I take feedback well if it's presented to me as feedback. If it's presented yeah, right. in a shitty way and it's confusing and I never know what I'm doing wrong. Like, I described it to the operations manager as like, I feel like every day I come into the kitchen it's like a game of floors lava, but it changes every day. So I never know what the problem is. And I never know when I'm going to step on something that's going to be a problem. And like, there were a lot of things that it would be a problem if I did it, but it wasn't a problem if other people did it. Right. So it was very confusing. It's so inconsistent. It's like, it's hard to take feedback when it doesn't even seem like everybody's getting feedback. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I'm you have to yeah. I was worried I was gonna get fired for like three months there and then now that I have a new lead, she's like, You do more work than like anybody else on my team. I'm glad you're I'm glad that you're getting someone managing you who sees that you're good at your job because yeah, it sounded like you were having a rough go for a while. Yeah, I was I was not enjoying myself. It's so frustrating, like over and over again. People do not leave jobs because of what you do at the job typically. They don't leave jobs because of uh, like pay even sometimes but if you have bad management you're going to lose people left and right because if you make a place people want to work they will take a lot of shit and like if you treat them well and like treat them like people they'll stick around there's shit I think we had it on that or no yeah it's on the rental episode I think we there's shit pay and there's real pay like there's there's the pay you get that's real, and then there's the other shit you get. Like when you work at a weed shop, you get and you gummies. Get a bunch of free gummies. Dude, and- these shoes are from this month. Uh, these are my I'm going camping shoes. <laughs> Let's uh, I want to I want to go eat food with lady. So where do we find you online? I'm at underscore Roco Cody on Instagram and TikTok. My art page is at Horforpore on Instagram. I'm on Facebook, Rochelle Cody, R-O-C-H-E-L-L-E-C-O-T-E. Um, and then I'm on Pat's stuff. So yeah. you-, you can subscribe to Recyclables just about anywhere recy- you can find podcasts. Uh, and iTunes for now. Uh, but maybe I think by the time I get this done, yeah. Um, um, and you can support recyclables by going to patreon.com forward slash recyclables, accept donations of as little as a dollar a month, and you can make our weird little project go on. Maybe someday we'll have enough to create the recyclables commune. 
I'm so down. Uh, I tried so hard to make Pat put my um, crying behind a paywall so that y'all would pay for it, and then he just gave it to y'all for free. She, she had a tender moment. I thought the audience would hear. You can also find me Twitter. An emotional. Oh, I thought just like you would just record your, yourself crying. No. no, no words, and just like if people hey, they could hear that. Like that's some kind of weird. I was reading a meme that was explaining a lot of the reasons people over apologize is because they've been expected to apologize their whole lives, and so if you apologize ahead of time then you get away from it but in reality it just makes you continually think you're doing something wrong uh, and so as I'm reading it like I, I got through about a sentence or two and then my voice just started cracking and like straight up had to stop because I'm like ah! it was bad we're going to put this on well, too. Um, you know I was talking about the purveyor my guy who like delivers my groceries uh, and I kept apologizing. He's like, "Why do you don't apologize? It's our fault." And like, our driver got agitated. But I told him, "It's our fault." Like, don't you keep apologizing? Why do you keep apologizing? I'm just like, "It's all I know." I'm sorry, Louise. I won't let you down. Anyway, I'm sorry for apologizing. Uh, well, and it's like as soon as someone points out that you're apologizing a lot, then you feel like you yep. need to apologize. You're like, I'm sorry. So it's like I usually just say, "It's no big deal." Like, there's ways around it, but, like, I've been, I try not to tell people not to apologize. I have been converting, I've been finding some success converting it to thank you. Yeah. Like, converting it's, it. Yeah, it's not it the worst. I do, I'm working on doing thank you for your patience a lot. I can at least do it in writing, but I have a harder time doing it in speech. I get that. And <laughs> listeners can go to Recyclables in their podcast feed. If you, you that. It was yeah. the abortion one. Yeah, if you listen to, if you're a patron, you get the episodes early, you get patron exclusives, okay. and Comedian PTP on Twitter. And then what's your guys' stuff since? Uh, you can find everything and nothing everywhere. You can find your podcasts, uh, <laughs> Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter. Um, you guys gonna get a TikTok? Yeah, probably. If you want to start the official uh, TikTok, uh, I can probably start. Do, uh, the I want to start a Discord for us too because then I'm actually in everything in streaming, everything in gaming will be back sometime somehow. We might do an Among Us or a, a Fall Guys episode. I mean, we're actually pretty likely to do a Fall Guys. Uh, episode. Hey, you can follow me uh, on Twitch. I'm back on Twitch.tv slash Twitch. Back on Twitch, baby. Trelawney's one. Um, oh my gosh, that's pretty. I'm playing some uh, For the King with my friends. Um, in a bunch um, of you, know, you can also find it at patreon.com. Slash everything, or every and not, or no, everything podcast. Every and not is anchor.fm slash every and not. That just links you to everything. You just literally you just go there and click on whatever. Just Google it. Um, and thank just you guys so much for being here. And uh, thank you for being at my home yeah. in my really sweaty oh, office. Right. No, this is, this is not bad yeah, actually. The blankets and the AC is awful. God, I love it. How like, I'm just trying to create as many barriers to keep the cool in the place I want it the most, which is the best way to go. Uh, trapped air is obviously the best. Design. Guys, we just gotta go. Shut, shut okay, this shit down. I'm out. You fucking fireman. Musical clips were taken from Aesop Rocks The Blob, available on Rhyme Sayers Entertainment for free. Like, like he says to do stuff like this, that's why he did it. Unless otherwise noted, Recyclables was researched, produced, and edited by Patrick Thomas Perkins, making this the perfect time for me to say thank you to the patrons at patreon.com forward slash recyclables for making the shows possible. Truck, honestly, if I was to buy a pickup truck, it would be something like that. I love to- No, no, no. It's just a stand. It, it's a fucking Toyota truck. It's just the most You're basic. Good, yeah. No, I'm going to get a truck that's going to last and not break down. And if it does, it's a Toyota. Toyota tough. They're good. That means flames? No flames. This episode of Everything and Nothing was sponsored by Toyota. I'm a consumer, all right? Thank you for picking up recyclables today.
Donations to the ACAST streaming service are, of course, always welcomed, but the best way to support the show is by going to patreon.com forward slash recyclables and becoming a patron today. If you can't do that, another great way is by liking, subscribing, sharing, rating, and reviewing the podcast on whatever podcast listening service you use. All right, thanks.